Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking About the Big Stuff podcast with Michael Cole and Matthew Cravat. I am Michael Cole. And I am Matthew Cravat. Uh, tell him, tell, I want to tell you how much I love you before I murder you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a good one. This is, this is a nice a, depressing one. We should release that one on Christmas. I was going to say, we might do this one next week instead of the, the one we just recorded. Uh, just because this one is, I think, a little more Christmas. And you're wearing your Christmas sweater, so perfect. I just said it occurred to me that it'd be funny if, you know, it's like every time we, re- re- we do two episodes, we're both wearing the same clothes two weeks in a row. Now, it'd be funny if I just change my shirt so you're wearing the same clothes two weeks in a row and I'm not. Nice. And you've worn that shirt before in previous records, so it's not like it's your recording shirt. You just wear that a lot. Yeah. All right. So tonight's episode is going to be about telling people. I just called to say I love you. I just called. I don't remember exactly something about Don't sing too much or we have to pay for it. Oh, we got to pay for it. Not that anyone could tell from my singing what notes they were supposed to be. Yeah. I just called to right. say. Ooh, that was loud. It's. I was trying to do like a mixture of Raymond and uh, and uh, Walken, Christopher Walken. It came through. Yeah, nice. it was. It was a part Muppet, part uh, Raymond. And part well, Ra- Raymond. Raymond is kind it's of a part Muppet, Muppet voice. Yeah. So, no, today's episode is about. Uh, I almost. I want to say talking about the big stuff now. Today's episode is about telling people. How important they are to you, um, and the reason I think this is an important topic is I'll, I'll start us off with a story. Uh, let's start this start this comedy podcast off with a sad story. Uh, That's what the first thing I said when you broached the topic. I said, "Are we just tell stories about friends who died?" Is that what this episode's going to be? No, no, it's going to start off that way. But so my my uh, grandmother who I think I've mentioned before on the podcast was my favorite person. One of my favorite people. My grandmother died, uh, almost 10 years ago. And when she died, I kind of realized that I never really like told her that she was one of my favorite people. Like I told her I loved her. And, and I think that she knew that, you know, cause I spent a, a ton of time with her. I'd go over on weekends to help her with shit. And, you know, I, I had a relationship with her that like, doesn't really compare to other grandparents and other, you know, is not the same as my grandfather and, you know, and, and my aunts and uncles and everybody else. It was just a different relationship. And so I think she had some idea, but I never told her outright, like, you know, how important she was in my life. What? I'm just thinking, maybe I should call two out of my three nieces and tell them that they're my favorite two nieces. Yeah, no, I like to, I like to, with my cousins and stuff, I like to fuck with them and say, like, oh, you're my second favorite. And then they all wonder who first is. Well, you know, when my brothers and I would do hot sauce stuff, the, the YouTube show, the hot ones, they yes, really good hot sauces, they're eating it, and they answer honestly the celebrities because you're in too much pain to think of a lie and play games. And so my brother will always ask me, who's your favorite child when I'm doing a really, really hot sauce? And I invariably say my daughter-in-law. Because I don't want to get in trouble. Nice. It's Joseph. You don't know it's Joseph. Anyway, you, you, you're telling you're telling me how, it's how never much. Never the middle. The middle child. I'm a middle child. Oh, okay. He's a middle. It, your favorite child can. The can video of me the... holding him in the hospital the first time. I'm telling him. 
you're going to be daddy's favorite because you're the middle son. And you're going to be mommy's favorite because she's the second child and you're the second child. Don't tell your sibling. No, don't tell Jacob because like, there was no rules. But, but you were just yeah. saying how you preferred one grandmother over the other grandmother. Continue. No, my other grandmother died before I was born. So now that she's just my not favorite by default. And uh, no, my grandmother, I, I didn't tell her. And for a little for a little while after she died, it re- I was really like fucked up about that that I never told her that how important she was to me. And so I, I kind of made the decision that I would tell people how important they were. And I've, you know, I, I wrote my dad a long letter a few years ago and sent it to him and uh, telling him how, you know, even though we've had issues, which I think like are normal, but I think that for a long time he didn't realize they were normal to have the kind of issues we had because, you know, Did you ever realize your family wasn't as dysfunctional as you thought when you got to know other people's families? A little bit. So, anyway, I was going to mention. So I I wrote my dad a long letter. I haven't. I need to do. I need to like. I need to send it. No, I I sent it. I need to figure out. I need to put into words for my mom. Um, That one's just tougher. I've told a couple, I've told one of my great aunts, uh, that, you know, like, and, but, and I need to tell my grandfather, actually, um, the problem with my grandfather is, is that if I, t- if I like took the time and wrote something down and like made like, you know, wrote something to let him know in the best words possible, I think that his response would be like, thank you. That's nice. And like, and then he'd be like, we're ready to move on. <laughs> See, that's, it's weird because, you know, um, Generation X, one of the stereotypes is like our parents never told us they loved us because they were, you know, we were all latchkey kids. And I was a latchkey kid. My mother went back to work when I was 12. So starting when I was 12, my younger brother was like nine. We were alone. I, you know, I had to put dinner in the oven, blah, blah, blah. But my parents were hippies. And so like they were huggy and love you all the time like my father you know who hit me as much as any other generation x you know you know kid was hit because that's what parents did hugs and i love you all the time and still me and my dad was you know closer to you than he does to me it was five minutes away whatever and uh i know and you know i go over there all the time so but um, i'm gonna tell you so i grew up with i grew up with huggies and loveys all the time in my family um and and it's affected me but uh but it's funny because it's like it's i see it as a stereotype all the time and and genetic stereotypes the one that's the opposite for me like it's supposed to be like lack of expression of love like like you know parents from the silent generation don't know how to express themselves that way not my case yeah so back to the um the patreon thing that we were just talking about but i will i will use veiled terms right now um, I, I think just because, because it was starting to come up, um, that, that story that we were referencing that I, we will not, uh, completely mention right now because it's never been in any version of the podcast that's made it to, but, um, <laughs> if we get a certain number, patron. if we get, what should we say? Uh, uh, if we get 30, $10 patrons, I will tell that story. I have another story that I'll tell, which is, these are the most humiliating so stories. So I shouldn't have told that story on the other two podcasts I was a guest on? No, you should not have. Mm. 
Um, well, Michael Cole is a fairly common name, though. So. What was the other podcast you were a guest on other than Embrace the, the Void? Um, I, I was on a podcast called Docs Your Friends, and you're supposed to tell the most embarrassing that would be a great anyway, podcast, though, wouldn't it? But I haven't, yeah. Dogs, Dogs and friends. <laughs> so it just sounds like vulgarity for charity plus evil. Like, yeah. um, Of course it would be hosted by Eli. It's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back to the podcast. What we're talking about. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Do it's you... important to tell people things. Yeah, but do you have any, have you had any situations like that where you, especially, you know, we, I killed someone with that. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was gonna say, as, as atheists, it's like, and that was the other thing is I wasn't an atheist yet when I, when I dealt with my grandmother, but I still felt like I had missed this opportunity to tell her. And now I realize that like, once that, once they're gone, they're gone. And so I think that it's even more important now, but so I have a couple of thoughts that come to me. It's a couple of stories. So I think about, um, you know, like I say, I come from a family where expressing love in the family was super, super common. It is super common. I mean, it's still, yeah. you know, do. Um, so, my parents, we all, we all tell each other we love each other. My mother, my sister, my father, yeah. and I. So, but but, but I, I will I think about when my uncle um, died. And he had a long, a long, long illness, like where he had been given six months to live and lived more closer to two, closer to two and a half years. So, yeah, um, super long. But like when it was down to the last time he was hospitalized, he um, wouldn't let any of us come in the hospital to see him except my father, because he didn't want anyone's last memory of my father had to go into do business stuff like he was tying up his his paperwork and his business and make sure everything was tied it up and like his lawyer and my dad um being there to make sure everything was transitioning and uh but he didn't want any of us in the family my brothers or whatever myself to see him hooked up to machines wasting away and have that be the indelible memory of him um that we had he wanted it and all the positive things and uh and part of like looking back at it, part of it I realized is that we were all in such a good place, knowing how much we loved each other and knowing all the things had been said. There was no "I need to see you one last time" moment because we were always, you know, sharing that. So that's one yeah. thing that pops in my head. I did have a time where, to be heavy and you know, talk about wonderful death, a, a girl that I used to perform comedy with. So I used to do comedy um, years and years and years ago, right? And at some point, I quit in 1995 i stopped doing comedy um after a couple of years. no doing improv so i did but i did improv locally my, i took improv lessons when i was 12 till college then after college i performed locally in a club then ran a club um a branch of the club that i was had been in previously and then we closed our doors uh, because we lost the venue and we were um found another venue and we were prepping to open that one but we were in between those times and at the same time, my day job, my company was in the middle of a huge merger and didn't know if I was going to have a job and things were super stressful and blah, 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 blah. And so I um, quit the comedy club just because we weren't, I wasn't performing. I wasn't teaching. I wasn't doing anything anyway. And it was just too stressful to just build a set. So a couple of years later, uh, two years later, one of the women from my old comedy group died of a brain aneurysm. 
And so a mutual friend called me to tell me that it happened like during the workday. And it hit me really hard that we hadn't spoken in a while. And she was kind of a, you know, she was single, you know, which, and, you know, but, you know, in her late twenties and single and wasn't with anyone and kind of an odd duck. And it's a lot of people who do comedy are. And I took the afternoon off work and drove around to different comedian friends of my female friends of mine in the, who worked in the area, like pulled them out of their offices just to tell them how much I cared about them and, and how much they meant to me and how, you know, and if you ever need to talk to anyone, blah, 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 um, kind of things, just because I felt like, missed that opportunity with her and with yeah. everybody. So that, that's the one time I actually did that kind of thing of like actively go out of my way um, other than just normally happening. And a more uplifting one, this past um, Friday night, mere days ago, I got, in, well, previously to Friday, I got invited to a party at a friend's house that was going to be all improvisers. And it was mostly um, a former colleague of mine who uh, invited mostly her students, but a handful of people that, who performed with her, or in my case, was her director. And one of the people who came was a former member of my group. And as I was like making my rounds to say goodbye, she sat me down, looked me in deep in the eye to tell me how much she loved me. And we don't see each other very much and how, you know, we need to sit and talk for a while because I love you and we never get to talk. And I, I think about you so often and I miss you so much. And I'm like, oh, I can't just walk out now like I was gonna. So it ended up being like a long conversation. And then, um, and then some other people from our era came over and it became this love fest of how much we all miss each other and how much we were like family for so long. But now that we don't perform, yeah. it's kind of missing. So it was um, now. So like basically I could have crashed my car on the way home and it would have been cool because I already had that conversation with a bunch of people. Yeah, that's a way of looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> so I mentioned, I'm trying to think, I think this was not on the last episode we recorded earlier. That's going to be next week's episode. <laughs> Uh, I mentioned my friend that, uh, that died that while I was working mm -hmm. with you, um, she, I, to describe our relationship. So she had been really good. Like my, my, my ex-girlfriend's college best friend. And we had had this relation and she was my roommates. Uh, she had been my roommate's again. girlfriend for a little bit. Um, and so we just had this relationship because, because you know, my roommate, who I was pretty, was one of my best friends on campus, and her and my girlfriend, who was one of her best friends on campus, so we had this very sibling esque relationship. And um, I got, you know, we we you know, I we my girlfriend and I dropped out of college, and we stayed in touch, but it was like it was you know very light in touch and great. Still haven't seen her butthole yet, though. Um, the the cat, the cat, not my friend. Uh, <laughs> I did see her butthole. Uh, so we, we, um, you know, we just didn't have, we, we didn't talk that much. And then towards the last, the last year of her life, we talked a, a bunch because she had like, we had reached, she reached out on Facebook about something, and we talked a whole bunch. Uh, and she was living in Florida. And I said, oh, my my wife and I like to drive down to Disney that we're living now that we're living in North Carolina. And, we, you know, we have we have a I think Logan was two, two ish. 
I said, we have a two-year-old, and she goes, oh, and I said, next time we're, or she said, next time you're down, we should hang out. And I said, yeah, my wife and I will take you out to dinner next time we're down. And she said, I'm really glad you said that, because I talked to another guy from the same college, uh, I don't know, a, a couple months ago, and said, oh, if you're ever in, in Florida, you know, we can hang, we should hang out. Uh, and he, he said, I'll make sure uh, next time I'm on a business trip and I'll get a hotel room with a king-size bed and we can hang out. And she was like, and, I, and he was, she's like, he's married and has kids and it was such a scumbag move. And I, and she's like, and I just was like, oh, I was so grossed out. And she goes, and then here you are. And I, you know, and you're like, yeah, I'll bring my wife and kid to, to meet you. And so that was the last conversation I ever had with her was was telling her that and you know having her say to me like i'm so glad you weren't a disgusting piece of shit right now <laughs> so good call that you went against the original plan Phew. Eh. it's funny because I, I uh have a co-worker um who well had a co-worker because she just quit the company recently and um she lives in my town and uh, because we can work remotely most of the time, we haven't seen each other in, in months in, in real life. And so um, I reached out to her yesterday to see if she wanted to get together for drinks tomorrow night. Yeah. And then I was very careful to say, I was wondering if you and your husband want to come meet my wife and I at the wine lounge that we go to on Wednesday nights to make it yeah. very clear. That, I mean, not that there's any reason she would think otherwise. But just to make sure there's no interpretation where I'm being a creep. <laughs> just... You should when you if you go meet them, you should wear upside down pineapple pins. It's a yeah, that's sign very of friendship. friendship. Yeah, she would. Yeah, I, I, there's no way they they are hip enough to know what an upside down pineapple. Pin is. <laughs> no way. So for listeners, <laughs> last time Matthew was here, which would have been for a record, I think we um, had. I forget if it was an actual pineapple or. Sarah had some pineapple decoration out or something, and you're like, "Oh, you guys! I didn't know you guys were swingers." <laughs> and Sarah's like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. For those who don't know, uh, the old way of meeting up with another swinger was in the grocery store, put an upside down pineapple in your cart, like bounce it like where the kid goes, so that they know. And then it's so it's um, tends to be swinger cruises. People wear clothing that have patterns of upside down pineapples they wear pineapple charms or pins upside down so if you know anyone who wears pineapples upside down they're either not paying attention to how they put on their um accessories or they're um they're, they're uh, ready to mingle yeah yeah i think that i would not want to be a swinger i feel like they reject i feel like if you're in the swinger community and you get rejected it's not that it is more insulting or or like like a feel like a lower bar to entry, but it feels like it should be to some like on some level. And I feel like I would be like, oh, we couldn't, you know, we get rejected from a swinger thing. So also like, you know, I don't want to. I don't. I only have one problem with swingers. I have some friends who are you know into that um, lifestyle, and it makes making salacious jokes about banging each other instead of being funny it's oh really mm, no i was kidding that was just a joke that was, <laughs> that was me being outrageous yeah 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 
There was one time we were at a party and Madhavi stuck out her tongue at someone and um, the guy is like, that's a long tongue. You should use it for something. She goes, oh, I do. And uh, he goes, well, I met with women. And she goes, so did I. And he's like, really? And he looks over at his wife and like nudges her to come over. And then she's like, no, not really. Joking. Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't think, I, I think that like, I don't know if it's that it's a generational thing, the swinging, or that we just haven't, my generation hasn't gotten to that point where we're, like, there's polyamory, but I don't know that we're, my generation participates in swinging yet, or... Yep. I've got friends in like both a, camps. Yeah. Yeah. Like, really, like literally, like this couple goes to parties to meet other people and swap and stuff, yeah. Like, the pure, the classic swinger version, where I have other friends who just, their marriage is semi-open and they're open to other things yeah i do want to do an episode about non-monogamy but i want to i want to have a guest on um i want it to be a threesome is that what you said <laughs> <laughs> that's not what i meant but i just meant like there's certain I've, I've got a list of topics and there's a few of the topics where i'm like the two of us shouldn't be talking about this by ourselves and that was one of them because i know that you know people and i know people that are in po- different forms of ethical non-monogamy or you could argue about the ethics of non-monogamy but uh i i don't have a problem with it as you know but i know some people would um but non-monogamy yeah well i'm seeing cat butthole every single week so like mushrooms no olives oh olives Oh, I finally get it. I thought you were talking about mushrooms that when you mentioned that before. No, it's olives, little black bubbles. That makes so much more sense. <laughs> I was like, what in the fuck are mushrooms you talking are, about? Mushrooms are delicious on a pizza. Yeah. Well, I don't like olives on pizza, but Yeah, you know why? Because they're little buttholes. Well, I like little buttholes, but stupid cat messed up my microphone. Again. Stop it, kitty cat. Bad kitty, go away. In the spirit of this topic, do you have anything to say to me? No. Okay, good. I my cat muted my microphone. Well, we should do it again. <laughs> Your cat's just fucking shit up. Yeah. Damn. So anyway. Um... This is a highly entertaining episode of the for the YouTuber YouTube video. So, are you on mute now or no? It sounds like you are. Is yeah, just to the, like the, okay. the microphone's built into the camera. Oh no, I have the external mic. What I was talking about, but I just she was like using the microphone as a scratching post earlier. So you try to reduce nice. some of it on your ears, if nothing else. I know it's a different track, and you can edit it out, but you don't need to hear it either. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Because you mean a lot to me, Michael. Enough that I wouldn't want you to have to listen to my cat scratching against the microphone. I know I know you're saying it non-seriously, but you but you you know, that you mean a lot to me. I, obviously, uh the fact that you're my co-host, uh uh you know, we talked about it actually last week. We will talk we will talk about it next week. No, 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 not 
not on uh, the last uh, the next episode, but I'm talking about like last last time we recorded, we talked about uh, you know the fact that that after that first day of work, I was like, what the hell? And Sarah was like, well, you know, you don't have to see this guy again after you have to do the do the contract. Six months and, of job, and it's been almost almost six years that we've known each other now, and it's been it's been good, and uh, I would you know. Obviously, we don't get to. We, other than these re- recordings, we don't hang out that much because of COVID. But you're uh, the person I hang out with most, other than coworkers and Sarah. So that's why that's why you got a jar of sauce. I got it. Yeah, it's like it's funny because you were just here last night. <laughs> like we don't get yeah. to hang out. You were just at the house last night. Yeah, but in the last six months, yeah. I've probably seen you in person twice. Yeah, and how many other people have you seen in person? Other than work, yeah. I mean, other than work and family, I don't think I've seen anybody. Yeah. Now. So, yeah. I mean, as I'll as I'll say next week, you're the one person I can, one of three people I can rely on yeah. to get me. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that meant a lot, honestly. Like yeah. hearing that when you said that. Yeah, when, when you hear it next going, week, when you're going to say that, it's going to mean a lot. It was will be meaningful. It was will be. I feel like. We're, we're, I feel like we're time travelers. <laughs> I, I, I think that's from an Isaac Asimov story. It's from some story. Madhavi and I were talking about the other day this. We've been saying that for decades, but there was some like science fiction anthology, you know, TV movie or something where that was a tense they used. It was will be. And yeah. I don't remember the details around it. And I don't remember if it was maybe Radbury, Ray Bradbury or Isaac Asimov or someone of that ilk. But like we like we need to figure out what was that was from because we say it all the time and we don't remember why. Yeah, but I think it was something like you know their and their belief pattern was everything that happens will happen again one time. So was will be is like a tense because of that. Yeah, yeah. I um, I think that so, so sci fi related and also kind of related to the topic that we're talking about. Um, I Logan Sarah and Logan and I have been rewatching Doctor Who. We're on the Matt Smith era, and um, Logan watched a video on YouTube a week or so ago of all the regenerations. All watch that from yeah. from from William Hartnell all the way. They did not have uh, the David Tennant into Shooty Gatwa, but they had uh, Jody Whittaker into David uh, Tennant. So they showed them all, and and they showed the scene, like kind of leading up to each one, is a long video. The way has been prepared, yeah. But I loved that when when you watch them back to back to back, you kind of see a, a a little bit with Christopher Eccleston, but less so. But with David Tennant for sure, and then with Matt Smith for sure, where their last words as the Doctor before regenerating are very much. A time capsule of their feel, their feelings in that moment. I think Eccleston certainly was. You know, you were fantastic, and so, so was, was I. I. Like that, like that yeah. was kind of sums him up. So fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you know, like the I don't want to go. And then Matt Smith, in, very different. Yeah, Matt Matt Smith being like I, I will always remember when I was the doctor, and I was like, oh, they're like it's like a time capsule yeah. of like this is how I felt in this moment, and it's. 
different because they're not talking about somebody else. But I do some of that. You know, right. I've written, I wrote, I, I found a notebook a couple weeks ago uh, that I was, it was kind of a journal, more of letters to Logan before Logan was born. So it's like the three or four days before Logan was born, I wrote every single day, hey, we're going to the hospital tomorrow uh, so that mommy can get induct in, uh, induced. And, you know, and I wrote like I'm just like know, when I, I get her pregnant. Yeah. One little shot and it barely would last a second. Uh, no. Uh, and I wrote and I just, you know, I wrote in every single day um, for four days and, and then. Four whole days. Uh, yeah, well, and the, that's. And I had a kid. The, and there goes the last time to write. <laughs> the last entry is l like six months in or a year into Logan's life, and it's like, "Hey, sorry that I haven't written here since you were born. Uh, it's been busy. I promise I'll write more." And I found it the other day, and that's the last thing I wrote to him. <laughs> but hey, I have like I haven't written in the last four and a half years, but it's been really yeah. busy. Yeah. But I, yeah, and and I, you know, I think I, I do a good, I think I do a good job telling him every day. Although with a child, I do think it's important to kind of record whether it's in writing or something else until they hit a certain age to make sure that they'll, because because he won't. There's a good chance he could forget a lot of, if like let's say I got hit by a bus tomorrow morning, there's a good chance he could forget a lot of the things I've said to him in his life because he's still young enough to forget a good portion. And so I, I have, um, I ha there's a whole bunch of different spots where when he's cleaning out stuff, he'll find things and poems and, uh, you know, like things that I've written. So secret messages will pop up. You need to send something via um, Western Union to be delivered to him in 20 years. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be cool. Are you Marty McFly? <laughs> in movies, dad with the stupid goddamn 80s movies. I actually thought about making um, a like YouTube video that would like not that would be in triggering it to like get sent to him on his like 18th birthday, like just putting it on like unlisted and sending it to him on his 18th birthday, like in case I wasn't there or something. But delayed cameo. Yeah. Hi, this is your father. So. <laughs> If you rec if you don't recognize me, whoops. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I made it out of that zone. I think my kids are old enough to remember me now. I would fucking hope so. That's funny because you know, especially none of them really do drugs, so uh, Jacob does a lot of alcohol. A yeah. lot. Well, I mean, he's in that uh. Millennial, no, it was a millennial. He's a zillennial, I guess. Gen Z of uh, yeah. mixology being a big thing. Like he's got a bar you wouldn't believe. With nice. you know, it's like I've never owned bitters. Like if a drink says bitters, I'm like, well, that's something for a bar to make, not me. He has four different kinds of bitters at any given time in his house, in his apartment because he makes I, so many different cocktails. I I mean this in the nicest possible way, but um, is he a douchebag? <laughs> My one of my best. Oh, you met Pat. Pat always is talking about bitters and stuff. And every time he used to share with us, oh, I made this drink with bitters, and this is, you know, I got special orange bitters, and I'm like, dishback. <laughs> I think it's funny is that that's the kind of bars that they go to. Like they don't, 
like he doesn't go you know he, he and his wife are classy people and go to classy things so that they don't go to like the neighborhood bar or malley's and have oh, just yeah. a beer you know like not like he goes they go to a wine lounge or they go to a breweries and they go to places that are crafty so they have like that's just what the normal experience is to him like the, the experience of mine of going to sports bars or neighborhood irish pubs is not his general experience the closest yeah. thing is he, they go to the flying saucer in charlotte that's you know got like 150 beers or whatever Nice. That reminds me now that you, I forget why, but that reminds me of, so one of the big things that I did when I was getting married was, you know, you get your groomsmen a gift of some kind. And for my groomsmen, I got everybody a pocket watch and my dad got like a different pocket watch and my father-in-law got a different pocket watch and the groomsmen all got the same basic Because they're equal watch. to you. You don't like any of them more than the others. Best, no, man, you didn't have a best man. You had a there wasn't enough just options. like everyone else, man. There wasn't no. I had a best man, Adam. Was my best man. Um, but in the in the yeah, you know box, first. huh? He does everything first. Oh my God, Adam is. You haven't gotten really to see it yet, but you will. Uh, <laughs> he's he, he can be a real jealous bitch. Uh, he when Sarah and I went to Disney World for the first time together. He, he was like, just so you know, I went there with you first. <laughs> and then uh, when we were, and I was talking about incorporating, uh, getting the LLC formed, and I was like, you know, we're doing this, and the big thing right now is the podcast, and so I really want to you know, have Matthew be a partner. And he goes, as long as we own more than 50%, because uh, he doesn't want us to ever be in the minority. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. And he Not like, doing and, 34, 33, 33. None of that shit. No. So he, yeah. Although, uh, no, he would have been fine with that because then we would have owned oh, so that, 60. Not 25, 25, 50. Like, that's not. Yeah. So, I don't know. That is what it is. 25, 25, and I'm 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. And why would it be me? That, <laughs> okay. But, and it, like, but yeah. I don't know. He, and he when, just always... when his jealousy goes, he, he stops thinking rationally. Yep. But it's he's funny about that. But I in the in the boxes with the pocket watches, I wrote little notes uh, to each of them, like not like a full letter, but like a small cards worth of of you know note, and let them all know what they meant to me, and which was tough because at least two of them are no longer in my life whatsoever. But not because. Not really because of just uh, saying that, like not everyone's your soulmate, even you. You think they are at the time. Yeah. No. Uh, one was he was married to a, one of the bridesmaids, and I really liked him. But when they got divorced, uh, we lost him in the. Uh, they lost. He lost us, I guess, right, in the right. divorce. You got you guys in the divorce. And we oh for only a couple months because we don't fucking like her. Um, but we couldn't. We we wanted to trade, but they wouldn't let us. Um, That's like my um. My brother, my younger brother, is uh, was married before his current marriage. This is his second yeah. marriage. And his first wife was a bitch. And she was really nice when they were dating. And, like, literally when they got engaged, she became, like, a bridezilla. And we're like, can't wait till this phase is over. And then we discovered, oh, no, that's normal. She was putting on an act so that they could get married, like, so they can get engaged. Like, she was faking being nice, like, the whole time. And yeah. – um, but – they were living here and she was from the Bay area, like Silicon Valley kind of area, whatever. And, um, between, between the two or whatever, and I don't remember exactly, but 
I had a buddy, like a best one of my best friends since eighth grade, was moving out to that area. And she was like, Oh, you should meet my friend Christine, like one of our bridesmaids at my brother's wedding. And so we hooked them up for Howard and Christine to get together when he went out there. And like they went out like on a friendly date, like for her to show him around a little bit, whatever. And they were both like head over heels first date. So they have been married now for 20 years. You know, and Jeremy's now 15 years into his second marriage. And like literally, like Christine was a bridesmaid because of her long, long relationship with, with my ex-sister-in-law. But they chose Jeremy in the divorce. They were like, Howard is like, I can't not be friends with Matthew's brother. And she was like, yeah, so-and-so is actually kind of a bitch. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll stick with Jeremy. <laughs> so, so literally she lost her one of her bridesmaids in the divorce. Nice. Nice. Yeah. We, so I lost, we lost him. And then one, like we just lost touch and, and you know, I moved down here. I started leaning towards atheism and he started getting back into religion. And I think that like, I don't know, I don't know if he listens to this. I, you know, I don't have any hard ill will or hard feelings, but we just don't talk like last time, every time we last two or three times we talked on the phone I put my foot in my mouth about, well, you know how religion is. And like, <laughs> not not knowing that he was getting more religious. And, and then he's like, well, I actually really like God. And I'm like, eh, okay. Tell him I say hi if you talk to him, if he talks to you. How about that? But, so, yeah, unfortunately I don't talk to everybody. But I did, like, I you know, if that guy called me up today, I would be like, hey, how are you doing? Like, I'm going to be very happy okay. to talk I, to him. I have a friend who I was um, kind of in his wedding. I was his best man. Um, who we don't talk at all anymore because the 2016, the day after the Trump won, I posted a meme that listed a bunch of marginalized communities, you know, both ethnic and gender and orientation kind of thing with that was along the lines of, you know, it's not me that I'm worried about over the next four years. It's, you know, my friends, you know, list all these marginalized communities. And he replied to it, are you with them, them in all caps, question mark. And I literally don't know which thing on the list was the them he was referring to. Yeah. Or maybe it was just like liberals in general. Like I don't know what the them was, but my instant response was this person who I was the best man at his wedding was blocked. Like, I don't even want to, I don't, I don't even see a benefit to a conversation about this. And then Madhavi blocked him, and then we had to explain to our families, oh, yeah, we blocked him. Why? I, I don't exactly know, but it can't be good. <laughs> Whatever he meant, none of it could be good. The best part is is that he was probably being silly, and you don't even know. <laughs> How funny would that be, though, if he, like, you finally, like, ran into him, and he's like, I was joking. <laughs> no. I, I would say, except my siblings were friends with him for a little while, you know, like, oh. and, and were like, what happened to him? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I got a lot of those uh, kind of friends where it's like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, we had one friend, a friend of mine who was uh, from my America Online days. So he was an online friend, though we got together a couple of times in New York City and hung out, you know, and once in California. So we, we had met in real life. And he went like men's rights activist at some point, like completely anti-woman, crazy, uh, off the wall men's act. And like all the people... There's a group of people on Facebook I'm friends with who are from the Yes And days that we were, you know, this improv comedy Yes And group. And like all of them are like, like one by one, when did he go nuts? When, like everyone had some friend at him and like, and in like a chat group that we had, 
that was like for the people who used to hang out in this one improv message boards. It was all about when did he go nuts? What the hell happened to him? Like he used to be normal, right? Yeah. That's the problem with the men's rights movement is like you got you can have one or the other. You can be anti-woman or you can be men's rights. You can't be both. I am firmly anti-woman, but I also don't think men deserve rights. So <laughs> Yeah. And so therefore I don't even know that I have the right to the opinion to be anti-woman, but I am, so fuck you. So are we giving everybody homework after this episode to um, reach out to people and tell them how important they are, but to do it in a way that doesn't sound creepy, like you're not like you're hitting on them. Like, you know, I was talking to my spouse the other day about some of the people who are most important to me in life. And I just want to let you know, you're really close to me in, in my heart. I really feel like your friendship is not, I love you. I mean, a friend of mine said, I love you the other day. And for a second, I was like, uh, is, is, is she hitting on me? She's pretty hot. That'd be cool. And then, but then I was like, oh no, she's just saying it because we're improviser types. You know, I don't need that. But, yeah. um, we did play husband and wife in a TV commercial once though. And she was like, no, we feel like we don't see each other. I'm like, I don't know. I see you all the time. I watch our commercial all the time. You don't watch our commercial all the time. I would love to give people that homework assignment, except that this episode for for Patreon, Patreon New Year's resolution. It will yes, New Year's resolution. It will come out to say the Patreon Patreon version comes out on Christmas Day. The public RSS feed will be Friday. What is Friday? Twenty ninth. So yeah, so you're getting New Year's, this. New Year's Eve will be on Sunday. They can make it as a resolution. Yeah, a resolution to tell people uh, what you think of them. And you can start by going to we don't our... We start fights. No, no, I promise. <laughs> this is going to be good. You can start telling people what, they, what you think of them by going to our podcast's page on Apple or whatever podcast you listen to. No, do to. it on Apple. That's the same place. Go to iTunes. Apple's That's the best where you've got to do it. And, Even and if writing... you don't listen on iTunes, go to iTunes and... Right. In the review section, write what you think of us. <laughs> Make sure it starts with five stars. Because the yeah. algorithm is either five stars or failure. They don't know it in between. Yeah. It's, I think it's the algorithm. Yeah. He invented the internet and, um, by extension, uh, podcasts. Yep. So, uh, no, genuinely, though, I do think it's like a good thing for people to do. You know, you, you need to just weigh – you need to weigh what you – some, you know, sometimes it's about telling people, sometimes it's about showing people, but occasionally you need to, even if you do show people that you love them, you need to tell them and how much that they mean to you. And It I doesn't even have really, to be love. It can just be how much you like them. Yeah. Just give people or, a rating scale. Or like how a they... a five-star review with elements of why you feel they deserve a five-star review. Yeah. And then or you should like, if, you should subscribe, you should ring their bell so you get notifications when they make a new video. Yes, but also you can. I, I I personally after after what ha, you know happened with my grandmother, I started doing it a good amount and to the point where I actually write if somebody you know if I, I like I, I've said this on the show before, uh, but um, Chris Hardwick, I wrote him an email because he is the guy. It looks like you're doing the the Matt Smith dance. Well, it was, it was, um, he had a thing where well, yes, the best I'm way to dance is pretend you're oh, yeah. jerking off <laughs> 10 different guys at the same time. That's how Chris Hardwick dances. Yeah. But I wrote a, an email to Chris Hardwick 
and said like, hey, you know, just the worst day of my life. I came home from the worst day of my life and I watched your special and it it relieved me a tiny bit of the worst day of my life. So, and, you know, I just think it's important to let people know, you know, he doesn't know me and, and, and he, who knows if he even got the email, but I tried because I think it's important to let people know when they've done something good, when they've impacted you. I think that gratitude is something that we need. We need more of um, in general, yeah. especially in a human to human. Jimmy Carr tells a story about um, a woman in the audience of one of his shows one time who said something, and I'm going to get the exact details wrong, but the important thing is the generalization that she was there watching the show because she was celebrating her 13th bonus year and the fact that he saved her life. And he was like, what are you talking about? And she said, well, 13 years ago, I had decided to take my life, take my own life. And I was waiting until everyone in the house was asleep. So I can take out a bunch of pills and I was going to take all these pills after everyone else was asleep. And while I was waiting for them to go to sleep, I was just messing around on YouTube and I came across your videos. And I spent like the whole night watching your videos and laughing. And then I didn't do it because like that stopped me from doing it that night. And then I got help, you know, later. So I've had 13 bonus years of life that I shouldn't have had or wasn't going to have because I watched your videos. And he said like, and to me, it's like, I'm just having a laugh. You know, I got like, to me, it's just getting up and being funny because I enjoy making people laugh. But to some people, it's so much more. Yeah. So like everyone, I think has that, that there are things that you don't realize, things that you do are so much more than what you think it can be. Yeah. And I think that there's a good chance that if you, if we all expressed the good things that people do for us, the good, the good impacts they have, that while we, you know, you may not make someone laugh, but somebody who might I feel will. Used, Oh, you mean, oh, you mean the audience? Never mind. Yeah, you, you, you can have a similar impact in that way just by telling someone, "Oh, you changed. You did this thing that made me feel good." When that person could be feeling like I am worthless, you could make them feel worth. You know, that you, you could have a worthful, worthwhile. Anyway, I am tired, and I want to go home. So why don't we wrap this fucker up? Thank you all for listening. Uh, we would like it, like as we've mentioned a little bit right now uh, already, uh, that we would like you to write a review if you like the show. Give us five stars. That That's a good way of starting. Or a thumbs up if you're listening on Spotify or whatever. If you're on YouTube, please hit like, subscribe, Ring the bell. Write some comments. You can in the comment section definitely feel free to tell us like, oh, this you you guys uh, made me laugh when you know. Or just write, this is the comment you told me to write. Take that algorithm. Yeah, anything. If for some reason words and and likes and stuff are not enough for you to express your your uh, your kindness your towards us, your friendship. Your need to express that without us, you are nothing. You can do that with, as they say, gifts of money. Yes. You can go on Apple. And uh, Apple Podcasts has a subscription option, which is $3 a month. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, $3 a a month. I don't know why I spaced on that. $3 a month. And it will get you early access Mondays instead of Fridays. Yeah. 
to this podcast. It will get you an uncensored version. Well, a less censored version. A less censored version. We, there are some things I say nobody should hear. Yes. Yeah, there are. And there's some things that he says that he absolutely wants you to hear, but I edit. So, <laughs> and eventually, if we get enough $10 Patreon uh, pledges, uh, that's $30 $10 Patreon pledges, we're going to have a special episode where we talk some crazy shit. And you could do that um, at patreon.com backslash talking about the big stuff. That is correct. $3 or $10 level. Your choice. You can use their player or you can plug the RSS feed into your pod player of choice. Yep. So many choices. Yep. All right. So you got any last uh, last thoughts? Um, the last thing I want to do is thank everybody. I say everybody have a Merry Christmas if you didn't already. Uh, Chappy Chanica, though it's past. Uh and a wonderful, big, happy new year. Do your homework of start off the year by telling people how much they mean to you, except the people you hate. Don't bother saying it to them. It's not worth it anyway. And no. I just wanted to thank you guys for talking about the big stuff because the big stuff loves you back.